Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 13th. It is six minutes after nine. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we start off talking about the governor's race. Suzanne Crouch threw her hat into the ring for governor for 2024. So we've got U.S. Senator Mike Braun and Fort Wayne businessman Eric Doden in the race for the Republican nomination. So they told me, well, you got to vote Republican and we'll get them in In the the primary. primary. And so as I review now my choices for governor, I've got one guy in Braun Mm -hmm. who voted for all the Holcomb tax increases when he was a member of the General Assembly before he bought a U.S. Senate seat. I've got Silent Suzanne. By the way, I came up with that one in about 30 minutes after she declared. So mm-hmm. that is our name for her going forward is Silent <laughs> Suzanne. And we'll and we'll get to that in just a second. And you've got so you've got Silent Suzanne mm-hmm. who was completely silent for 6 years through the tax increases, uh the mask mandate, the closing of businesses, the putting a million people out of work, the Malik Muhammad VIP meet and greet. And now that she's uh decided to run for governor has just like the Grinch found the strength of 10 conservatives plus two and is going to fight for families and uh, values and low taxes. And so we got her. And then we got this Doden guy who his big rollout is that teachers are better than everyone and shouldn't have to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. So for all you people who told me last month, well, you got to you got to vote for the Republican. We'll 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 get them in the primary. These are my choices. Mm hmm. There's nothing about any of these people that you would say is reliably conservative or is about liberty and freedom. What am I supposed to do with this, Casey? I guess we got to let it play out and see what they say over the next year, Rob, and see if they can sway you. Look, look. Change your mind. Here's the thing about Suzanne Crouch. I've said this many times. She's a very nice person. Mm -hmm. But now she's running for governor. Mm -hmm. And when you are running for governor... She absolutely has to explain, because everything I've heard so far has just been the generic talking points, right? She absolutely has to explain, not to me, right? I mean, newsflash, I'm not voting for any of these people. I'll probably have to vote for one of them in a primary, but I'm I'm not voting for any of these people in a general election. So you don't owe it to me, but you owe it to the 7 million people of the state, and you certainly are going to have to owe it to Republican primary voters, if you're Suzanne Crouch, to explain why for six years, I mean, it was like almost like every year there was a new bottle of fun with with this administration in which they completely screwed the taxpayers of the state, and you not only said absolutely nothing, She's been a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Like the tax increases, mm-hmm. nothing. The second round of tax increases, which came Holcomb's second year, which was the war on truckers, where he had a billion dollars in tolling taxes. And she's been out singing that song for five years now through this rural broadband bull crap mm-hmm. that was paid for with massive tax increases. She said absolutely nothing as Holcomb shut the state down. She said absolutely nothing as a million people were put out of work. She said absolutely nothing as Holcomb tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. And in fact, she was so unoffended by it, she ran 
ran with him again. What, 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 how there, there is a certain type of special (laughs) to not only say nothing, but be a cheerleader for that. And then come out and have the audacity to look the state in the face and go, I'm a conservative. I'm for liberty and freedom. I'm for Hoosier values. I'm for faith. No, you're not for faith. Because you know what Eric Holcomb did? He shut the churches down. Eric Holcomb shut the churches down and you did nothing. So you don't get to go, well, I'm for faith. No, you're not. If you were for faith, if you were for families, if you were for freedom, if you were for liberty, you would have walked away from that administration. So you think that her best play right now is to distance herself from the Holcomb administration? Oh, she has to, but okay. I don't I don't know how you do that with a straight face. But I guess, I guess, look, we live in a world where John Fetterman is a U.S. senator. We live in a world where the Democrats, where Raphael Warnock is a U.S. senator, right? We live in a world where Diego Morales is the secretary of state. We live in a world where Todd Young was overwhelmingly reelected. So maybe her calculation is we clearly have seen it. the truth doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's whatever lie you tell in the moment is all that matters. So maybe that's what she's going to go with. Maybe she's going to act like Malik Muhammad and the mask mandate and the tax increases and the shutting down society. It never happened. Well, apparently she's not going to go that way because she said, I'm very proud of the Eric Holcomb administration <laughs> and the work we've done. Then we're done here. We're done. Can you say that again. That was her quote, right? This is her quote. And that was, was that in the Indiana Capitol Chronicle? It was. Yeah. I'm very proud of the Governor Eric Holcomb administration and the work we've done. We're done here. She is. So she is saying, I am Holcomb 2.0. If you like Eric Holcomb, her words, she's very proud of that. Suzanne Crouch is very proud of the mask mandate. She's very proud of the fact that the governor tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. She's very proud of the massive tax increases that continue to harm you every single day, including the largest tax increase in state history. She's very proud of that. She's very proud that over a million people were put out of work. She's very proud that the churches were shut down. She's proud of all of it. Her words. She's also very proud of the broadband work that you mentioned because she did say rural Indiana is our next great economic frontier. And she didn't say how it was paid for did she? No. Not a word. And Mm-mm. she never says how it's paid for, which was a massive tax increase on truckers, which newsflash, truckers don't just eat that. It gets passed on to you in the price of things you buy. The Republican Party, all of these people we're laying out right here, whether it is Suzanne, whether it is Mike Braun, whether it is Eric Doden, mm-hmm. are focused on growing the government and putting special interest ahead of you. So for all of you people who said, well, you just got to get them in a primary. Get what? (laughs) All three of these people will be a continuation of what we have seen before. Some more of a continuation than others, granted. Like I think Mike Braun, based on his record in the U.S. Senate, has a greater leg to stand on than, say, Suzanne Crouch does. But Mike Braun was stupid enough to vote for the largest tax increase in Indiana history that goes up every single year. It was more than among more than 40 tax increases Holcomb passed in his first year, and Braun went right along with every single one of them. Well, we've been waiting for Mike Braun to officially announce that he is running for governor, and he did it yesterday afternoon at a steakhouse. <laughs> Nothing says I'm a common man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, And throughout his tenure, he closely aligned himself with Donald Trump, consistently approving his agenda. Now, if Braun were to win, he would be one of Indiana's oldest governors. He'd be 68 years old. Wow. That is, uh, he's a pretty youthful looking guy. The average age of our governor, 
is around 50. But the reality is, it's the, your, your cho- your, the, the two front runners. We're going to get Doden in just a second because mm-hmm. his big rollout is beyond stupid. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> uh, the two front runners. Mm-hmm. Are career politicians, right? I mean, look, look at the 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 carry here. Suzanne Crouch was a county auditor, then she became a state rep, mm-hmm. then she was appointed to be state auditor, and maybe soon I'll start telling that story because Pence is probably going to run for president, and she's uh, I was there when all that happened. That'll be a fun story. So then she's a state auditor appointed, then she's appointed lieutenant governor. Okay, mm-hmm. career politician, right? I mean, she has worked her way up the ladder since career- 1994. Uh, that's that's almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. In 1994, I was 10 years old. Yeah. I am now a 38-year-old grown-ass man. She so, was a county auditor in 1994. Right. So you're so career politician, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Braun, same thing. School board, state rep, U.S. senator, doesn't even finish the full Senate term before he's trying to buy the next office. I mean, another career politician. And Mike Braun, he keeps trying to distance himself from D.C. He said, I don't think leaders in Washington, D.C. are going to be the ones to solve our problems. The founders never intended it to be a system of seniority. They wanted merit. They wanted things to get done. So he's been saying that for a while now. But that he's not getting it done at D.C. He wants to work for Hoosiers in Indiana. Then why did you buy a Senate seat? Like what? What? The question, Mike Brown, would be: What did you think you were getting into? Lesson and, learned, and, and the, well, and the fact that you won't even see one term through before you're on to the next dealio because you're not having any fun. Let's face it. The reality is, Mike Braun, he can say whatever he wants. He's not having any fun because he's in the minority. Being in the minority sucks. Look at who the front runner for U.S. Senate is going to be on the Republican side. And I actually like the way this guy votes most of the time. It's going to be Jim Banks. But the reality with Jim Banks is he wanted to be in leadership in the House and he lost a leadership election. And so now he's on to the U.S. Senate. Not because he overwhelmingly thinks, well, I'd be the best person, because if that's the case, you wouldn't have run for leadership in the House. He lost an election for leadership in the House, which I think is bad because I think Banks would have done a, a nice job. But the reality is you're just on to the next thing. These people are all almost all the same. And yet I keep getting told, well, you just you got to get them in a get who? You know, what's interesting is I saw um, and we need to get to a break. But I, I saw Joe Donnelly's name being thrown around as a potential for the Democrat side. And wouldn't that be something that would be like Braun v. Donnelly yeah, 2.0? That, w- that would be interesting. Okay, so we mentioned Silent Suzanne. Mm-hmm. We've mentioned Mike Braun. Mm-hmm. There's a third guy running, Eric Doden. Yeah. And he, his response to these two declaring for governor, Doden's been running for a year. And his he did a big policy rollout yesterday that is one of the most ridiculous things I have ever heard. All right, we're going to get to that next from 93 WIBC. 22 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's look at some trending stories. Miss Indiana is trending. She won the talent award portion of the first night of the 2023 Miss America competition. She did a theatrical vocal performance of Defying Gravity, which is the signature song from the musical Wicked. Also trending, Brown County State Park, ranked as one of America's most beautiful state parks. This comes from Travel Lens. They combined Yelp and TripAdvisor reviews along with Google search data, and they found that the Brown County State Park ranked in the top 25 of all of the state park across the country. And finally trending, Bob Barker. He celebrated a big birthday yesterday. Kevin and I forgot to mention it. I thought we'd bring it up today. How old do you think Bob Barker from The Price is Right is? He is 90, well, I 
He's 97, right? 99. Oh, I went under. See, I went under Price is Right rules. He's yeah. 99. 99. Wow, that's wild. He hosted Price is Right for 35 years, became the executive producer in 1988. He won 14 Emmy Awards for Outstanding Game Show Host, more than any other MC. Isn't it interesting? So does this say when he first started hosting the Price is Right? 1972. 72. So that would have been, what, that was 50, 50 years ago. So he'd have been 40, 49 years old. Mm-hmm. So isn't that interesting that a a guy later in life, and you see this quite a bit where people have these long careers and then they stumble into something or get fortunate enough to be cast in something, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden that defines them. Yeah. And it it became an institution. Everybody knows prices, right? When you were homesick from school, what did you do? You were drinking your seven up, eating saltines, watching prices, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Come on down. What was your favorite game? You liked Plinko, didn't you? I liked, uh, I just liked to see the enthusiasm of people that they thought there was an opportunity for them to win something they didn't pay for. That was always my favorite part. Yeah. The unbridled enthusiasm mm-hmm. that you might win uh, a, a couch. A or living room? A, like, like if you went to, you know, pick your favorite furniture store and someone was like, Here's a couch. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, cool, I got a couch. Mm-hmm. You would not be as excited as people were on The Price is Right, but the idea that they knew that couch mm-hmm. was in their grasp, if they could just correctly price junk, <laughs> it, it was it, that was always my favorite part. So if Bob Barker hits 100, he gets $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> Can we play this Eric Doden audio real yeah. quick? So Eric Doden is the third guy running for governor there's silent suzanne there's billionaire braun and silent suzanne or and, and eric doden mm-hmm. and so doden is from fort wayne he's a business guy he was i think the economic something under pence and his response to the rollout from silent suzanne and billionaire braun was his genius idea mm-hmm. is he's going to eliminate taxes for teachers go Indiana's kids deserve the best schools. To create the best schools, we must have the best teachers. But today we face a shortfall of 2,100 teachers in our state. I'm Eric Doden, and that's why I proposed a teacher investment program, an innovative plan to attract and retain Hoosiers to the teaching profession. Under our plan, teachers will pay no state income tax, will receive a tax credit to offset property taxes, and will work with our state universities to lower the cost of becoming a teacher. Learn more at DodenForIndiana.com. So basically, and I looked this up in the dictionary. I looked teacher up in the dictionary. And nowhere in the definition of teacher did I see the phrase better than you listed anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you're a teacher now, you're better than any other hardworking Hoosier because he's checking all the boxes for you. No income taxes, mm-hmm. property taxes, college assistance. What if you're a cop? Every day you wake up and there's a risk you're going to get shot. Nothing for you. What if you're a fireman? Every day you wake up and there's a risk you could die running through a burning building. Nothing for you. But hey, if you're a teacher, no income tax, no property tax, free college. This is what we talk about when we talk about legalized vote buying. Mm -hmm. That is not a policy that works for all Hoosiers. It's a policy geared towards very selective Hoosiers intended to get you to vote for him. There is no difference between these people. This is the Republican Party. They are the party of big government. 
government. They are the party of special interest. They are the party of legalized vote buying. So heading into this past school year, schools had about 2,300 open teaching positions. And his word is that the Indiana schools are struggling with the teacher shortage. A lot of them have retired and many people aren't getting into the profession. But picking winners and losers is just bad governance. You can't do that. You can't say some are better than others. But you can, and the reason he's doing it is because people in the state keep rewarding Republicans at all levels of government for doing it. Why wouldn't he put that out there? He will probably get votes because of that, and we as a collective do not punish these people for terrible ideas. For teachers who achieve at least 20 years of service in the classroom, the tax exemption and tax credit become permanent as long as their primary residence remains so in Indiana. It, that's that's his plan. If somebody can find in the dictionary where the definition of teacher is better than you, let me know. Because the last time I checked, Casey, I go to work every day. Mm-hmm. I pay taxes. Mm-hmm. I contribute to society. I keep the economic engine running, but nothing for us. But hey, if you're a teacher, no taxes of any kind. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up next, we're going to speak with Micah Beckwith. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Amen. Amen. It's time to go to church. Take me to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kindle and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. The conservative voice of America, he has made it back safely from Israel, Micah Beckwith. We're so glad you're safe because you did not have the right to free speech or freedom of uh, attorney, Micah, and we're glad you're here. Well, thanks. I'm glad to be back to the to the land of the free and home of the brave. I, I uh, you know, it gave me a great perspective on what we really do have here in the United States. I mean, we we have it so well. I mean, we are so blessed, and uh, and what Israel has to put up with every single day. If we even had to put up with that for four hours, we would we wouldn't stand for it. And yet, the world community tells them to just you know sit down and be quiet. And and you know, it's it, but again, it gives me great. Uh, great perspective and, and really a, uh, it's a privilege to be in the, uh, a United States citizen. And they don't have a constitution over in Israel. I don't know if you knew that. And I didn't know that. It's just, it's just law. Over everybody, there. everybody, it, just, it, everybody just freewheeling it over there? Whatever, <laughs> whatever goes? <laughs> well, they have laws, but there's no constitution or constitutional rights. So I thought that was interesting. But uh, man, praise God for our constitution. So it's Okay, so, so we start with some very important uh, life advice as I reach out to you uh, this morning, Micah. Um, you, you have told me we have to, the answer is to get these people in a primary, these being the establishment, big government people. And so far for governor, uh, I have three choices in uh, the run for governor. I have uh, a guy who voted for all the Holcomb tax increases in Mike Braun. I have a person who was a complete silent Sally, as Holcomb did everything from the tax increases <laughs> to the... Uh, uh, the VIP meet and greet with Malik Muhammad in uh, in uh, silent Suzanne Crouch. And I have Eric Doden, who his big rollout was teachers shouldn't have to pay taxes, but if you're a cop or a hardworking Hoosier in any other field, screw you. So what am I supposed to do here, Micah? <laughs> Help. Go, you I'm, I'm looking at you. You told me, let's get him in a primary. Which These are That's my three right. choices right now. <laughs> well, I'm going to default to Casey. Casey, what should we do here? So. <laughs> 
I also heard that Destiny Wells might run on the Democratic ticket. <laughs> no, I mean, come oh, on. You man. told me. I got to get these people to primer. These are my choices. Okay, well, here's, here's the thing. Every candidate is never going to be a perfect candidate. I think there's great qualities to all three of them. I haven't made up necessarily my choice who I'm supporting because I think there will be other people who get in the race. But um, I think all three will be much better than Eric Holcomb has been. I, I personally know them all. I think I've had a chance to ask them really tough questions, and they are the, the answers they're giving me are, are they're, they're sick and tired of what Holcomb has done in the state as well. And, and so I think, you know, I don't think it's just... Wait, 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 wait. Suzanne Crouch told you, Silent Suzanne told you she's sick of what Holcomb's doing in the state. Did she just yeah. learn how to talk last week? Hey, I told I, I sat down with her for a, a three-hour coffee, and she was she listened, she heard. I mean, she's she really, I think she gets it. And I told her, I said, Suzanne, the hardest thing you're going to have to overcome in this uh, primary pr- that you're jumping into is... The fact that you were silent, and she knew that. She actually answered the question uh, when I posed it to her. I said, "What do you think conservatives are going to are going to ask?" And she said, "Where was I?" And I said, "Exactly." And, and but but she answered that in a way that I think made it it it, made, it gave me pause on on saying that she's just she's not going to have a chance. I think it really she answered it in a way that said, "Hey, I I I should have stood up more. I was trying to be respectful of the governor's office. I was coming at him privately." And I don't know if you know this or not, but they, they really haven't been on great terms for the last uh, few months. And I think it's because she was just blindsided that he vetoed the women's sports bill. I mean, that was, to her, I think, the final straw. That's what did it for her? That was it? The mask mandate, the shutting down the government, the Malik Muhammad stuff? Oh, that was okay, but the women's sports bill is what did it for her? Hey, listen, I think these are all great questions that we need to we need to ask them and we need to hold them accountable, let them answer the question. But here's what I would just say. Give them a chance. You got to ask. You got to let these people come out and say, where are they on these really key, important issues? So, again, I was skeptical, skeptical of Suzanne, had a great coffee with her. Um, I think she really will be a fighter for conservative values. I think she's seen what not to do in Holcomb, and I think she'll stand up and she'll actually – she would be a good governor if she got in there. Now, I think Doden would be a good governor. I, I love his business background. I think he's got a great vision for getting the rural parts of Indiana really prosperous. And then Mike Braun, I think Mike Braun's a, you know kind of a no-nonsense business guy. He's an executive. I think one of the reasons he doesn't like the Senate or he's, he's stepping away from the Senate – in his, after his first term is because he's he's kind of this executive leader. He's really strong leader. Now, I don't think he gets it right every single time, but I do think he's got the personality to say, this is the vision, this is where we're going, get in line. And I, that's what you really need in a good executive. My, so, my, Mike, Micah, Micah, Micah did, you, did, yeah. are, did you take a job at State Party? Did I miss your – what, like, what, no, what, I'm just, what is going no, on no, here? Hey, Listen, I'm just saying, Rob, you got to give people a chance first. And so I'm not saying that they're going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I am saying I'm willing to listen. And then if it doesn't work out, let, then we can find another candidate. I mean, maybe you can run or maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. So. There it is. <laughs> Casey, go ahead. I've had, I've had enough of Mike already. There it is. Okay, in. so, Mike, I have a question for you about yeah. Suzanne Crouch, and clearly we already yeah. know what her nickname is going to be. <laughs> but you mentioned she has a clear vision i want to read something to you and then i want to ask you the question she tweeted out yesterday morning i have a clear vision for indiana's future lower taxes keep our citizens safe and protect the sanctity of life all of those things sound wonderful but then she said and defend hoosier values 
Isn't that what she should have been doing as lieutenant governor? And in your mind, what are the generic Hoosier values that she speaks of? Well, Hoosier values, I think first it's uh, it's faith, it's family, uh, and it's limited government. I think if you wanted to put it in a nutshell, that's kind of what defines the heartland, what defines Hoosiers. As I travel the state, those are the three core issues that I always come back to. We are strong in our faith, we care about our family, and we want limited government. And um, and so now I'll, I'll tell you this, this conversation that I had with Suzanne I think it was just a she's she's realized that she should have been more vocal. And I think that's a she'll own that. I think if you ask her, she'll say, hey, I should have been more vocal. One of the things that we have to get our leaders to recognize is that they answer to the people first and foremost. I think one of the just if I could maybe she didn't tell me this per se, but if I could just read between the lines, um, she's very humble. She's very um, she, she really does want to serve. She got a servant heart. And so she was in that office as a lieutenant governor and I think she really felt like she was supposed to serve the governor's agenda. And so she was, she was critical of him behind closed doors, but wanted to, you know, Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment, thou shalt not speak ill of a, of a fellow Republican. I think that she was walking in that. What Rob, you know, Casey, you, you, you guys and myself included, we know we're playing in a different game, a different season than when Ronald Reagan was president. It's time to, like, take the gloves off and start calling out Republicans when they're not living by Republican values. But she was kind of in that lane. And I told her, I said, Suzanne, I said, you were elected by the people. It's a constitutionally elected office. You don't serve the governor. You serve the people. And she totally, like, she owned it. She said, yes, you're right. I, and that, I think that's, that, you know, when a politician can come out and say, hey, you know, I made a mistake. I own it. If I could go back, I'd do it over again. I think she would absolutely do it over again. So all that to say, ask her these tough questions when she's out in the campaign trail. I think you'll like the answer that you get. And I think she's learned her lesson. And I think, again, I think she would be a, a good governor. I get it now, Casey. So Micah Beckwith is our uh, guest back from Israel. <laughs> you, it's just like at the end of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Suzanne, conveniently, <laughs> a couple weeks before she decided to run for governor, has found the strength of 10 conservatives plus two. <laughs> We've solved it. It's a, wait, this is let, a, let, let the record show that Rob Kendall interviewed her on his show when this was all going on, and he failed to ask her any of the tough questions. So I just want the record to be clear my, on my, this Micah, Micah's yeah. very angry that I was nice to Jackie Walorski after she passed away, and I oh, interviewed her about whatever. farming. Uh, Micah, let's talk oh about the U.S. God. Let's talk about the U.S. Senate race real quick. The uh, yeah. word on the street is that uh, lockdown McGee is going to uh, get in. Uh, I, I that totally seems uh, par for the course. We all, I guess, have to be like what G- the biggest Jim Banks fans in the world if that happens, or Victoria Sparts, or are they going to split the vote? I just feel like somehow I'm going to wake up the day after the Republican primary, and it's going to be Eric Holcomb is going to be the U.S. Senate nominee, and Suzanne. Crouch is going to be our nominee for governor. That is that is like that is my biggest fear, and I can just see it happening. Help help me with this. Well, I don't I don't think he's going to stand a chance if Holcomb gets in the race. Um, you know, look back at the last year. Okay, let's just think about it. if he was actually thinking about a statewide race, not a not a uh, again. This is a in a strong primary, so not on the general ballot. Because when you're a Republican on the general, you basically have the win unless you do something you know crazy. But in a strong primary with someone like a Jim Banks or a Victoria Sparks, 
if the last year, Holcomb, if he wanted to run a statewide campaign, he did the opposite of what he should have done. He fought against constitutional carry. Okay, He vetoed the women's sports bill. He went to Davos and hung out with Klaus mm. Schwab and the World <laughs> Economic Forum people. He did everything wrong if he's running for a, for a statewide office in a strong conservative primary. So I just don't think he's going to do it. Maybe he will, but I, if he does get in, I don't think he stands a chance. I've heard rumors that Mitch Daniels is also kicking around the idea of running, too. He's 109, Micah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that's what I've heard. And you know what? Uh, but biblical standards, 120 is what God <laughs> promises us. So just... <laughs> Well, I'm gonna have to work forever if that's true. <laughs> uh, we are uh, we are so glad that you're uh, back. We're glad you made it back safely. It was uh, I was I know your wife was very concerned about my level of concern for you. She was. She said, "You know, Rob was really concerned for you." She said, "I maybe I, I feel like a bad wife because I wasn't nearly as concerned as Rob was for you." Leave it to Rob because somebody riled up. <laughs> hey, man, we're glad you're back safe. Uh, keep up the good work, buddy. Hey, thanks, you guys, too. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Love me two times, baby. Love me twice today. So he was sitting in a studio as the snow fell outside, looking relaxed, wearing a blue blazer, a maroon t-shirt. Is this like, this is how these Fabio novels begin? Uh-huh. Only this time, it was how the first interview began with Russian arms dealer Victor Boot. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, the first interview he gave on TV after, uh, you know, his 14-year imprisonment. Because you, when you rolled into that, mm-hmm. it was exactly like a dime store novel. Can you just try that again? Just this ver- is real, though. This is real life. This isn't a, a drama. I know. I, or, I know. Or fiction. But can you, can you start with just how you opened that segment? <laughs> he was sitting in a studio as the snow fell outside, looking relaxed in a blue blazer and a maroon t-shirt. He looked looked at Gladys, <laughs> sweat dripping from his brow. <laughs> Doesn't that sound exactly like one of those novels? Yeah, well, I mean, he, he gave his first interview and he was talking about what it was like to be in, you know, prison. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it needed a little bit of yeah. finesse. So the we traded obviously, and I can't remember. Oh yeah, we did. We, we did because the lady was concerned about the vein on the side of my neck. Uh, the day that the, the we were on air since that trade mm-hmm. happened. Well, it happened Thursday morning, right? Right, right before yes, we got on the that's air. That's right. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. And so the reality is that you have returned a person to America who, while every American life is valuable, even people who hate this country, she is of no value long-term in terms of the outcome of the success of this country. And what I mean by that, and that may sound very, very harsh, but what I'm saying is the guy we gave up mm-hmm. will now be brokering international arms deals at a time of war in which we have plugged tens of billions of printed dollars to, we, I mean, let's face it, we are de facto fighting a war, right? I mean, we, are, we do not technically have soldiers on the ground, but we are de facto at war with Russia. And we have a, released a man in back into society who will broker and funnel and fund and whatever 
the ability for Russia to fight that war in a better fashion than they are currently doing. The person we got in return dunks basketballs. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't mean to be callous about that, but the reality is Russia got the far better end of that deal yeah. from that perspective. Yeah, and now Biden's national security advisor says the merchant of death is not a terrorist. Yes. Not a terrorist, Rob. Uh, even have- though even though he was convicted. <sighs> yes. He was convicted. Now, now, now Casey, I am- uh, Providing aid to a terrorist organization. He's I'm, not a terrorist. I am no expert. Mm-hmm. And I hate to judge people based on appearances alone, but if the Merchant of Death isn't a terrorist name, Mm -hmm. I don't know what is. Okay, so I've come up with a way that you can find your evil villain name. Oh, great. So here's what you do. Uh Uh-huh. You take your dad's profession. Oh, okay. Add a preposition. Uh Uh-huh. And then something you're scared of. So your dad's oh, profession. Your dad's profession. A preposition. A preposition. And, and so, then something you're so scared g- so of. So give me an example. Uh, a plumber by small spaces. CEO of snakes. Okay. Executive from hell. Oh, yeah. So mine would be uh, federal law enforcement Enfor- of spiders. Enforcer of spiders. Yeah. That's your evil villain. Her, oh, enforcer of spiders. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cr- Did you come up with that on your own? Yeah. Was this while you were sitting? How did how did the how did the segment begin? That he was sitting by the were you sitting by the fireplace with a blue blazer? And a, <laughs> no, I, I I was I was sitting at the kitchen island drinking a coke. <laughs> uh, not quite as not quite as visually. So we actually have audio of Biden's uh, national security advisor saying Victor Boot not a terrorist. Does the administration consider Victor Boot to be a terrorist? Well, he's not uh, listed as a specially designated national. What we consider him to have been was a convicted criminal, convicted of arms trafficking and other crimes, um, to serve a sentence. Uh, He served 12 years in detention. He was set to be released uh, in 2029. And of course, before we make any determination about whether to send somebody back as part of a deal to get an American home, we make a determination about the national security implications of that. We did that assessment in this case. We believe we can manage those challenges, but we will remain constantly vigilant against any threat that Victor Boot may pose to Americans, to the United States going forward. We also would just point out uh, that there is no shortage of arms traffickers and mercenaries in Russia who pose challenges and threats to the international order, to the United States and otherwise, and we are vigilant about that as well, which is why we have built, alongside our allies and partners, such a robust policy in dealing with the threats posed by Russia. So here we go again, changing the definition to fit their narrative. Yeah. Changing the definition of what a terrorist is. Look, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert, Mm -hmm. but just using my public school education, granted I was a part of the public school before the public school was woke, so I'm not getting the education the way the children do today. But if someone's job was to broker arms deals to go to people who committed acts of violence and terrorism, I don't know, I'm kind of leaning towards that being a terrorist and if he's of no value because they're trying to act like well you know what that's 2029 he was going to get out anyway and he's been in there for 12 years why is clean sheikh mohammed still at guantanamo bay if how he's been there what 21 years now if you're of no value at a certain point why are we holding on to him well we have to keep the war machine going bingo you're listening to kennel and casey on 93 wibc good morning
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 